And we do worship you, Lord Jesus, for you are worthy of all glory, all honor, all praise. We thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you that you are creator, you are sustainer, you are savior, you are redeemer, you rescue, you heal, you deliver. You are God and you are good. And we love you. Pray that today, Lord, as we dig into your word, Lord, your word would dig into us and that we would recognize that you are a good and loving God who simply wants to have relationship and fellowship with us. May we drive into that, God. We just thank you for our time with you this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to ask you, how's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? I, I, I know that uh, what has happened in the church uh, of America is that prayer meetings have kind of gone extinct and they've kind of disappeared over the years and because of lack of attendance, lack of interest. But uh, what also is happening is there is a group who focusing on the Lord and have no problem drawing near to the Lord in prayer. And those churches are growing dramatically. I think there's a direct correlation. And what we've been seeing every morning, 6 a.m., Monday through Friday, here in this sanctuary, so many coming each morning for our 21 days of prayer and fasting and just coming and praying and worshiping the Lord. And it's been so awesome. I've never seen anything like what I'm getting to experience in our faith family. Amen. I think God's blessings all over this church, and I think that's one of the reasons why is because we choose to continue to appeal to heaven, call upon the name of the Lord, continue to worship him with all we got. But I don't know about your prayer life. How is your prayer life? Are you seeing uh, God working in your life? Are you experiencing the power of God? Are you experiencing the closeness of God? Uh, If not, maybe we can uh, fix some of that today. Uh, There may be some things that you're doing while you're praying that you need to stop doing. Just need to stop doing that. Maybe you've learned it along the way in church, <laughs> but maybe you just need to go ahead and stop doing it. We'll, we'll get into that in just a second. First, let me just point out, when we're praying, we need to pray with some positivity. Pray with positivity, recognizing that He is God and He is good. Amen. It's not that he can't do anything. It's not that he don't want to do anything. He loves us, and he loves to bless his children. He loves to. And so when you go into prayer life, when you go into prayer, you don't have to go into bargaining, and you don't have to go into begging. You don't have to start cutting deals with God. You don't, no, recognize he loves you. Amen. Amen. And, and I know very well, because I've experienced it, that you can spend all of your life in church. You can have a relationship with the Lord and, and, and be truly saved and yet fail to see that he actually is just crazy about you. He loves you. Sometimes, you know, early in my, even in ministry years, I just felt like he about halfway tolerated me. <laughs> that, that he had to uh, accept me because I called upon the name of the Lord according to the scriptures. But what I was leaving out of it was my heart and his heart. His heart was for me. Amen. I began to to understand that God actually, he didn't just accept me. I wasn't just the accepted. I was the beloved. I was was the one that he had focused his love on, that he was pouring out his blessings on. 
He loves me. So it changes your prayer life when you recognize and you're talking to someone who actually does love you. He don't just love you, he likes you. Because I love some people sometimes I struggle to like. But uh, <laughs> no, God, he, he says, I love you and you're my child. I, I want to bless you. I want to answer your prayers. I want you to ask me. I want you to ask me, and, and, and I want to answer. I want to start in Ephesians chapter 2. I'm looking at a lot of scriptures today because we just need to recognize it just comes straight from the book. Just comes straight from the word. You have not because you ask not. We, that's a powerful statement. Why am I doing without? Because you don't ask me for it. You're not looking to me for the answer. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 11. I'm kind of cutting into one of these uh, long run-on sentences that Paul is famous for. And uh, verse 11 says, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness. Everybody say boldness. boldness. And access with confidence. Everybody say confidence. confidence. Through faith in him. Amen. 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 So you need to have in your prayer, as you're spending time talking to the Lord, there needs to be some, some confidence. It needs to be some positivity. Of, I'm not coming to someone who's looking to smash me like a bug. I'm coming to my Father, and He loves me, and He wants to bless me. Amen. 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 Come with some positivity. Verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you. So Paul is praying for this church in Ephesus, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory. And these are the same things we're praying for ourselves. To be strengthened with might through his Holy Spirit, through his Spirit in the inner man. So Paul is, is, is praying that we would be enlightened, that we would understand that the spiritual lights would click on. And that, that we would get it and that we would be strengthened in our inner man, our spirit man. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts, here's this word again, through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in what? Love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints, with all, what is the width, length, depth, and height. To know the what? Love of Christ which passes knowledge. He says, I'm praying that you know what is beyond knowing. That you can't cognitively grasp just how much he loves you. So you're going to have to spiritually grasp it. Oh, that's good right there. Amen. He says you can't get it all with your mind because you can't even understand how much he loves you. But you need to get it in your spirit. He loves you. I'm praying that the inner man, that that inner man will grasp this, how much he loves you. Verse 19, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How are you going to get filled with the fullness of God? By grasping his love. Because if you continue to enter into his presence with doubt and, and, and with, well, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not certain. Well, you're disappointing him, number one, because have you ever had a dog that was so stupid I don't know where I went with this, but you had a dog that was so stupid that every time he'd come up to you, he'd just come up with his tail between his legs, peeing on himself and all that stuff. Y'all ain't had dogs like that. And he just, it just aggravates you. Quit peeing on my porch. When I'm, we had one. When I'm just fixing to pet you. I'm just trying to show you a little love. And all, you just, you're so scared. 
And we go into our prayer time, we're just wetting all over ourselves. Lord, he just, I just I, you're going to smash me like a bug. I'm so unworthy. I'm so unworthy. He says, but you're loved. And you come into my presence, it's a safe place. Amen. Amen. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He can do what? Way more than you can fathom. Yeah. He can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Amen. To him be glory. To him be glory in the church. In the church. So, so I thought this was talking about me and my prayer life. Then all of a sudden, right in the middle of it, those three little words, in the church. Just kind of a weird insertion right there, isn't it? Well, I want to ask you this. Is there something that you've really been praying about? Something you've been really seeking God? You really need God to come through for you. But you've been keeping that silent. You've been keeping that private. Maybe you need to bring it to the church. We have prayer teams at the front. Oftentimes, many of them will go a whole Sunday and nobody comes and prays with them. Oh, nobody has any need? Nobody has any issue? Nobody needs God to move in their life? Oh, no, I just want to keep it private. So if you don't ever let anybody know about the need, you also won't let everybody know about the answer to the need. So if you keep your prayer request private, you'll also keep his praise private. God says, that's exactly why I want you to ask me. That's exactly why I want you to bring it to the church so that I get the glory for the answered prayer. Amen. That's one of the reasons why our prayers aren't being answered. I'm just keeping it to myself. And, and, and then he answers it and you just keep it to yourself too. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. 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 Hebrews chapter 3, but Christ as a son, this is verse 6, but Hebrews 3, 6, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are in, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. This word confidence comes up over and over and over again. Be positive when you're praying. Because I can positively tell you God loves you. He loves you, verse 14 of chapter 3. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Keeps coming up, doesn't it? Chapter 4, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come just wetting all over ourselves. Oh gosh, I'm coming into the presence. He said, uh, the way has been made. Amen. Quit doubting that. Amen. God has already taken, uh, through Jesus Christ, the, the, the sin off of my life. Come on into the presence. Get in his house <laughs> and come into his presence. Amen. Pray with positivity. Pray with confidence. Pray knowing that your God loves you. And he wants to answer those prayers. He wants to bless you. He wants to continue to show you how powerful he is and how good he is. He wants to. He tells us over and over again, ask me, ask me, ask me. Now, we're just covering one facet of prayer. Next week, we'll be covering several facets of prayer. But today, we're really just covering the, the asking portion of prayer. And, and, and it's because this is what Jesus covers over and over and over again. As you pray, envision the thing you are praying for as complete. 
and everything in life will gravitate toward the accomplishment of it. I need you to catch this now. Don't think I'm teaching the power of positive thinking. No, I'm not teaching the power of positive thinking. I'm teaching the power of positive praying. Seeing what is not as if it already is. Faith in that God is answering my prayer. And just go ahead and envision. I just, I just already see, if you're sick, I already see myself well, and I'm thanking God for it. Instead of continuing to repeatedly ask him for it. Well, I, I, I'm not well yet. Well, just start thanking him for it rather than going into, and here, I'm finna, do, I'm finna tell y'all one of the things that kills the power in your prayer. No, I'm not. I'm going to come back to it. Let's keep you hanging there for just a second. I was about to jump ahead of myself, but I, I'm, I'm going to go there in a second. Prayer can do anything. This is what R.A. Torrey, the great man of God, theologian and writer, says this. Prayer can do anything God can do, for the arm of God responds to the touch of prayer. Prayer can do anything God can do. So immediately we begin to think, oh, there's, there's power in the praying. No, the power's in God. Praying touches the arm of God. Says, Daddy... Daddy, I need you to do something for me. I need you to respond to my situation. He says, that's what I've been waiting on. Been waiting on you to ask. Uh, and so let us ask in confidence. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, when he died on that cross, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Amen. Let us draw near with confidence, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Everybody say, without wavering. Without wavering. That is a prayer killer. That wavering stuff. For he who promised is faithful. What are you putting your prayer, in, your faith in? Are you putting your faith in your faith? Are you putting your faith in how, how good you pray? No, you put our faith in God. Amen. And he never breaks a promise. And you just continue to be confident in your prayer. Pray with some positivity, knowing that he is a good God and he wants to answer your prayer. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry, now that the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. God says, that doesn't please me. I am not happy when you come with that... I want to draw near, I want to ask something, but oh God, I'm probably not worth it. Lord, you probably don't have time to, to mess with me. Lord, I, I, if you don't mind, God, I, I, I really would. And we go to bargaining and we go to begging and he don't want either one of those. He wants you to come believing. Just throw away the bargaining and the begging. Just come believing because that pleases him. But verse 38 again, now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But Sand Springs, verse 39, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. 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 Don't set aside your confidence. 
you continue to draw near to the Lord. First John chapter five and verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That we, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Amen? And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So pray with positivity. Pray knowing that you have a God that hears you, that loves you, that wants to answer your prayers. But I also know that some of you, when we just read that, there was a little section there that caught you a little bit. Is it up there? Let's throw it back up there. That if we ask anything according to his will. And that catches so many. So many. And they will start inserting this phrase. If it be thy will. I mean, it's always in King James for some reason. It's always got the thy in it. If it be thy will. Where has that come from? Where You won't find it in here. It has come through church tradition. It has come through... Uh, so many years and years of hearing people pray it, so we repeat what they say, and, and we will insert it in our prayer life. If it be thy will, quit, just stop it, cut the if out of your prayer life. It's the killer of your prayers. Just go ahead and cut it out. And here's what I want to ask you to do. You seek out the will of God. You seek out the will of God. When you get his word on it, now you'll cut that if garbage out of your prayer life and you will go back to pray with confidence. Amen. You get a word on it. Now you got something. It is your job and your duty to get a word from the Lord and know his will. You're to know his will. So number one, pray with positivity. I'm going to come back to that if stuff in just a second. Number two, pray with persistence. Look with me in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. No, Luke chapter 18. That's even better. Let's go Luke chapter 18, verse 1. In Luke 18, verse 1, it says, Then he spoke a parable. If you all know what a parable is, a parable is a, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's a, he, he tells a, a story, but he has a spiritual connection to it. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray. Women too, mankind. We always ought to pray and not lose heart. Jesus is teaching that. Quit praying with that doubt and stuff. Pray and not lose heart. Saying, there was a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Lest by her nagging, that's not, that was actually my put in it. Lest by her continual coming, she weary me. <laughs> then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect? Who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them. So here's what he said. He's got this judge. He's a carnal man, natural man. He don't know God. And you got this gal that somebody has done her dirty, and she keeps coming to the judge and said, would you move on my behalf? Would you move on my behalf? Would you please do something? But, but and actually, that's actually not even how she prays. 
she, or, or asked this judge. Jesus even gives us how she asked the judge. Verse 3, get justice for me from my adversary. She comes with confidence. She comes with boldness. And Jesus is saying, good on her. Verse 6 again. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall, not, shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them. What's that next word? Speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Jesus is saying, I'm teaching on praying. I'm teaching you how to, to, to draw from the Lord. I'm teaching you how to depend on God. I'm teaching you how to live the Christian life. And yet, I'm not real certain, certain that when I come back, I'm going to find that kind of faith. Well, in some, he won't. In some, he won't. But praise God, in some, he will. Amen, Amen Sam Spring. He says, will the Son of Man, when he comes, will he really find faith on the earth? And, and he's saying, pray with persistence. And that, there's that Matthew passage, ask, seek, and knock. And the, the tense of those words, in, in Greek you can see it, in English you can't see it. But it's keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, and the Lord will respond. You, you just continue. Don't pray one time and say, well, you know, I, I wasn't deserving of it and and uh, it, it must not have been his will, and, 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 and he's just not going to answer my prayer. Be persistent. Amen. Pray with positivity. Pray with persistence. You continue to ask. You continue to seek. You continue to knock and just see what God won't do. He is a good God. Amen. Amen. He pray with power. If we pray with positivity, pray with persistence, it will lead to us praying with power, especially when you have that confidence that you know this is God's will. You're going to pray different. You're going to pray different. It's going to sound different. And just go ahead and cut. If it be thy will, cut it out. Just stop it. We do see in the scriptures Jesus using four times, your will be done. Your will be. He did not say, if it be your will. He said, may your will be done. We see it four times. We see it in the book of Matthew when he's teaching on how to pray. And he's teaching, he says, you, when you pray, get yourself in a, in a closet or get in a, in a secluded place somewhere. Get somewhere solitary. And, uh, and, and then pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, your name is holy. Hallowed be your name. Your name is holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus is teaching us, you submit your will to the will of the Father. Amen? Teaches the same thing in Luke when he's telling them how to pray. He's submitting his will to the Father. And then we see him doing it in the Garden of Gethsemane as he is sweating drops of blood, as he is getting ready to go to the cross. He, he then says, Lord, if there's any way that this, can be, that this cup can pass from me, if there's any other way, Lord, can we do it another way? Then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And you see, it's almost as if Jesus is struggling with his humanity and his divinity between what he had to do as the man, but what had to be done as God. And you see that struggle, you could actually just witness him in the, in the scriptures in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's struggling with it, and yet in three verses, he then settles it, your will be done, God. I'm submitting to your will, God. But he never finds in the scriptures, if it be 
your will. Why do we do that? From habit, number one, but also, number two, because we want to give God an out. We want to give God an out. And I'm not saying that we we got to hold God's feet to the fire. we got to hem him up on some scriptures. we got to jam him up and say, okay, you got to do it for me, God. No, I'm saying quit the doubting business. Quit all that doubting garbage. Quit, quit with the ifs and say, Lord, I believe I know your will. And there's some things that you don't have to ask God on. There's a lot of things you don't have to ask God on because his will is revealed right here in his word. Amen. There's a lot of things. You don't have to ask God. Lord, if it's your will, would you save so-and-so? It's his will. Get the if out of your prayer. It's his will. Lord, if it's will, if it's your will, would you deliver so-and-so? There's five things that Jesus already said. This is what I came to do. I came to save. I came to heal their souls. Remember, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to, to uh, bind up the brokenhearted. He says, I've come to deliver them, set the captives free. I've come to heal them, to restore sight to the blind. And he says, I've come to restore them, to declare the, present, the, the, the year of the Lord. So there are five things that you don't even have to ask God if it be your will. To save somebody, to get someone's soul healed up, to get someone delivered out of, of out of demonic bondage to get someone uh, physically healed. You don't have to ask, is it your will? But what we do is we put the if in there. We put the if in there. Maybe it's not his will to heal me. That's his business. That's his business. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, possibly, someone continues with a prolonged illness and they actually die. If they're a Christian, they just got real good. But just pray with positivity and pray that with, without the doubt, without the questions, without the, and just say, Lord, I'm just coming on your goodness. I'm just going to come on your goodness. If you take them home, I know they're going to be better off anyhow, but I'm still, I'm coming, hanging on your goodness. I know you want to heal them. For a Christian, it's perfect healing. But just leave the if out of it. Amen. All kinds of stuff coming. Get the F out. Get the if out. <laughs> Get the if out of your scriptures. <laughs> that could have been real bad. It's the next service has all the teenagers in it. <laughs> Get the if out of your scripture. Yeah, your prayer life. James chapter 1, verse 5. If. <laughs> Y'all see this? If. Well. I thought we were supposed to get the if out. No, here's what you got to see. If I were to tell you that the answer to your prayer was actually a law of God rather than needing bargaining and begging, would it change how you pray? If it's 32 degrees outside and we got water on the ground, that, that kid that has school tomorrow, he don't go out there and I'm begging you to turn to ice. I'm begging you if you turn to ice then i will take out the trash without gar- he don't have to beg he don't have to bargain he just knows it's a law of nature god says second corinthians seven fourteen. if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven then i will forgive their sin then i will hear them it's called a conditional sentence it's not a questioning sentence 
Oh, that's good right there. It's a conditional sentence, not a questioning sentence. If these things happen, then these things will happen. Oh, that's good. I'm telling you what, I'm preaching better than y'all talking back. Y'all talk back to me. If any of you lacks wisdom, James 1, 5, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, then it will be given to him. Do you catch that conditional sentence, if and then? Verse 6. But let him ask in faith without doubting. Let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. That's a powerful statement. Don't you think that you just continue back and forth, well, he might not want to do it. Yeah, I might not be worthy. Yada, 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 yada. Don't expect to get anything from God. That's what it says. For let not that person suppose that he would receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable, not just in your prayer life, but in everything. Ooh. It's a double-minded person, unstable in all their ways. So let us continue to pray with confidence, confident that God is good, confident that God is God and he can do whatever he wants to do, confident that God loves me and confident that God wants to bless me. Amen? Amen. I want to finally look at Matthew chapter 21, verse 21, and we'll wrap this up. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith, you see it? If you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree. Now, let me give you a little back. I got to back this thing up a little bit. So Jesus had one day, uh, is walking with the disciples and there's this fig tree and it didn't have figs on it. And Jesus cursed the fig tree. That thing just withered up right there. The disciples come back. My, my goodness, Lord, wow, the power that you have, you withered that fig tree just like that. And Jesus answered and said to him, surely I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed. Maybe some of y'all remember last week's sermon. That say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. What's that mountain business? Some of y'all may remember last week's sermon. Mountains are kingdoms. Mountains are kingdoms. Mountains are kingdoms. And we had this boy who was a epileptic, his daddy thought. And Jesus said, no, he's demonized. And Jesus his disciples, why couldn't, we, why is our prayer life so weak? We couldn't cast out the demon. Why, we couldn't heal him. Why is our prayer life so weak? And he said, because your unbelief. Because your unbelief. And then he said again, he cast that demon out. He said, you can speak to a mountain, it's got to go. And this is exactly what Jesus is saying in this passage of scripture. If you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, speak it, please understand. that I know it's just one word in that passage of Scripture. But when it comes to spiritual warfare, you better speak it out of your mouth. Yes. Satan can't read your heart. Praise God he can't read my heart. But he hears your words. And so when it comes to spiritual warfare, you need to be speaking with your mouth. 
you, I have the authority in Christ Jesus. You gots to go. You gots to go. And Jesus says, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Amen. Amen. You get it? God loves you. He's crazy about you. He wants to answer your prayer. He says he will answer your prayer. There's things you don't have to ask God about. Lord, if it be thy will, would you give me your peace? He says, it is my will. If it be your will, would you give me wisdom? It's my will. Pray confidently without doubting, and it will be given to you. Amen. That's just a better way to pray. Amen. How, how many of us, our prayer life has just been weak, and oh, we, we give all these generalities of, Lord, just save everybody on the planet. That sounds good, but it ain't, ain't biblical. Lord, just heal everybody. Why don't we do these shotgun prayers? Because if you get real specific and you pray specifically for something, I call a rifle prayer. When I hit that target right on, there's going to be a response. And then I have reason to praise him. He says, that's the kind of stuff I want. Not that general stuff. Just heal everybody and all the land. He says, I want, I want you to come asking. And I want you to come praying so that when I answer that prayer, the world will see I am powerful and I am good. Amen. And then I want you to praise me for it. Amen. Amen. How do we get access to that kind of stuff? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. By faith in Jesus. We're going to take communion. I, I know that us human beings are real good at finagling. I was told that young people don't know what that word means. Uh, uh, manipulating. We're working things out. Uh, us humans, we're real good at thinking up solutions and fixes and, and all of those things. And, 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 the, and the truth is... We don't need to even worry our mind with all of those things. Jesus said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Those things will be added unto you. Right. Amen. So we're reminding ourselves, Lord Jesus, you have already made a way. Thank you, Lord. You can stand with me. You can kneel at the altar. You can come pray down here, but let's do communion together. This is our faith family. We're coming to the table of the Lord right now. Lord Jesus, thank you that you took my whooping. All of our healing has already been paid for. By your stripes, we're healed. By your wounds, we're whole. It's already been paid for, bought and paid for. You just said, just ask me for it. And Lord, we just come today believing you. And as we take of this bread, we're reminding ourselves, Jesus has already made a way. And I come in believing. I'm coming right now believing. I'm right now believing for healing for my dad. Jesus already bought it. And I'm praying that, that my dad will no longer have struggles with breathing and swallowing. I'm just believing Jesus for it. And so I'm, at whatever it is, your situation, bring it to the church. Get with this prayer team. But remember, Jesus has already made the way. Lord Jesus, thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
as we take the cup, we're reminded Jesus has already purchased my salvation. I called upon the name of the Lord and was saved. Saved, saved, gloriously saved. So I pray, Lord, as I continue to remember, do these things in remembrance of you, that as I continue to remember you, Lord Jesus, Lord, that I'm reminded you love me so much. Changes everything. Changes everything. Well, Lord, we love you too. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.